How you doing today? This is What's Your Word Podcast. I'm your host, of course, Dyer Lansky, live from Hollywood, California. We got a very special guest today for you, the one and only Bumpy Knuckles, a.k.a. Freddie Fox, a.k.a. a man with a, a, a tremendous history in this hip-hop game, man. Thank you for showing up to our show and taking some time with us. Yeah, no problem, man. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem. Like I said, someone of your stature, should I say, should I say your tenure in this hip hop game like this? It's just, it's a real honor. I actually want to want to go to that. That's one of the first things that I want to talk about is how long you have really been in this game. Um, obviously, you've been rapping, rapping since the early 80s. Um, mm-hmm. But 1986 was a big year for you. Mm-hmm. What, you know, what was hip hop like back then? And I mean this in a in fact of not only was hip hop new, it was a new business. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought it was going to you know, work. Everyone thought maybe it was a fad. And, and I don't even know if in the 80s they thought it was even going to be a fad. What what was the, the hip hop world like for you in, in that time? Um, well, basically, at that time, it was it was a learning process still. But we, we were we were just it was kind of still fresh and new. At, in, in that original form, that 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 whole party rocking form, where you had like Busy B, Starsky, and guys like that, just they just rocking parties. So it was it wasn't so much about it was more about precise routines and 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 not so much about lyricist like lyricism like it is now. So it was about it was about, it was about learning how to rock the party. Like, that was a very big thing back in the days, just learning how to rock the party. And it was a different feel and it was a different vibe. You know when we did events and parties and stuff like that we wasn't playing too many rap songs we was rocking to like the break beats on r&b records so it was a different time then then and it was a different it was a different approach to to how we were actually presenting hip-hop as a crew as groups and as guys you know all dressing the same and, and you know it was that you know what i mean it was fun it was more way more fun then than it is now yeah. now did you think at that time that it would be what it was today and not even today. I mean, we can even take it to what it, um, what it went to in the nineties and, you know, two thousands. Uh, and I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess today, but did you ever think it would become an entity like it, like it is now? Uh, nah, I don't think I focused on that. I, I, I knew it was going to be something, but I never imagined it to be what it is now. You know, I mean, when you look at, when I was looking at guys like Curtis Blow, and run DMC and groups like that, you know, um, B Fats. You know, um, when I when I looked at the Fat Boys and guys like that, you know, they were like really big superstars to us. Like it was like it wasn't like you could, you know, even though some of these guys, if you lived in their neighborhoods, you could see them, and you know, you could see LL in Queens, or you could see, you know, cats around every once in a while. But I never imagined that it would be what it is now. I just knew that there was an opportunity and a chance for me to position myself somewhere in the in the, in the scope of things based on my diligence and, and, and based on my, my desire to be really good at what I do. You know? Yeah. And how did you turn that corner to to go from parties and whatever, you know, what was going on then to say, hey, now this is a profession. What, what, do, what do you think was that change? Um... Just, just being around guys like I, I made it. A, I made it a uh, 
I made it a um a rule. I made it a rule, so to speak, that 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 I rock with guys that were challenging to me and skillfully. Like I like if you look at my track record of MCs that I work with, I, I, I did my best. I did a few favors that I I don't regret doing them, but if I had to do them again, I probably wouldn't have done them. I did a, a few favors, but in reference to like rocking with MCs that I really wanted on my resume or wanted to be on their resume, guys like KRS One, Tretch, Cool G Rap. Like I really wanted to work with guys who, you know, even though they're my peers, I still wanted to work with guys that were, were skillfully challenging to me. So it made me step my game up more and more each time. I, I like to, I like to work with MCs like that. And I'm not really talking about guys who grab that dictionary and thesaurus and put all these fancy words together to make it sound like they know how to rhyme i'm yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. guys that i'm talking about guys that have a presence when they walk in the room and you're like oh shit that's that's krs one or that's you know what i mean i yeah. wanted to rock guys like that so I, I i only took stages with people like that like scarface and and guys like that who really are to me were just more than just a a, a bunch of fly flippant words but more so a whole a whole image, a whole emotion, a whole spiritual movement within their own selves that when they came in the room and I was with them, it was like, they never said oh, and Bumpy Knuckles too. It was like, yo, Bumpy and KRS-One and so-and-so. That was the big, that was the thing for me. That was what made me realize, you know what, I can do this because I started getting that response. When I when I was the guest MC on certain MC's platforms, it excited the audience and that's what made me realize, you know what, man, maybe you could, you know, do this more than just popping up on people's. You know, I made a living off of collaborations. Like, that was yeah. my thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's it's so much different today because we, we in an era where everybody somewhat sounds the same. And back then, like you said, you had people just walk in the room and their presence was just felt before they even picked up a mic. But everybody was unique. And so they were they, they were allowed or they allowed themselves to be their own entity. And, you know, you don't see that a lot. And, and you mentioned the feature game. You know, you now see. I mean, half of somebody's LP or more than half with features. Um, and it's still different than it was back then. I mean, it, it, you know, when you heard a feature back then, it was like, oh my goodness, especially with someone like yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's what the word feature is, man. I mean, dudes be featuring a lot of garbage on their albums. I see it all the time. Like, hey, and I could say that because I've, I've been there and done it. I've seen a lot of guys on people's albums before that, like, yo, I always ask them, like, why would you rhyme with this dude? He doesn't bring anything to your project. Like, he, he he you it's bigger for him to be on your project than it is for you to be on yeah. him to be on you know you know so it's like what are you doing like you know but I you know I, I, like guys would come to me and say yo what do you think about my album and I ask them like you really want my real opinion or you want me to just tell you that I I think it's good that you achieved recording a project and finishing it like you want me to tell you the truth or you want me to bullshit you and a lot of guys can't deal with that truth because they're living in fantasy land. You know, they, they, it's so easy for a guy now to walk into a studio in his crib. Yeah, or for what, sure. What was perceived to be a studio and just plug in his laptop and get on and say a whole bunch of shit that he really don't mean. Then to, then to really think about be, making a good record or making a song or saying something that's so poignant to the subject matter of, this, of the record that it just, boom, automatically hits. This is what it is. You know what I'm saying? And then presenting that shit live to an audience of people that say wow he really just like that that's exactly what i felt when i heard the song yeah you know which is why i presented 
you know, when I did my record, when I did Militia and all those songs, when I did Industry Shakedown, whenever I perform them records, I'm going to give you what you feel when you hear it, you know, as opposed to just jumping up there saying a rhyme because it means more to me than that. Of course, if you say you don't like it, then, you know, in 2019, you're a hater. You know that, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, you know, people say they don't like things because they can't emulate it. Most people yeah. that can't emulate or copy what you bring to the table for themselves to, 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 try, to try to reinvent, they, they, they usually say, oh, well, hey, it's like the band. It's like the band that can't dance. He's going to say the band ain't no good. Yeah, the band's offbeat, not me. Yeah, it ain't me. I can't dance, but fuck that band. They suck. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that's what it, that's what it is. So. I think a lot of two times with albums, uh, and you touched on it definitely. Um, you know, they just go to a laptop and record and then put it out. I, I really haven't heard anyone in a while, especially in the independent game, sit down and actually do the process of an album. I think they just record songs, and all of a sudden they have twelve songs. They're like, oh, this is my album. And there's yep. no there's no thought into like conceptually, you know, what is this? What is this album saying about me? And I think that's yep. what what's what's important about the golden era to hip hop is that when you got together and did an album, you did an album and the whole album was saying something. I mean, you went in there with a mission for it. And we actually um, Pete Rock was on our show uh, two weeks ago. And he said even doing, he said even creating an instrumental, you know, finding the first sample, finding the first snare. I want the snare to define who I am, not just, you know, not just throw stuff out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pete is one of those guys. Pete, Pete Rock, when I worked on Industry Shakedown with Pete Rock, it was amazing to me how Pete wasn't, Pete wasn't a. Uh, he wasn't uh, one of those guys who, who just let me do anything I wanted to do. I really loved him for that because, and I still love Pete to this day. He's my brother. I just texted with him the other day, and I remember him showing up at my house. We did we did a, all the work he and I did together. We did it in, a, in my home studio when I, I was using a uh, ADAX, I think, at the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, Pete would show up, man. My, my brother, rest in peace, had, had just gotten killed, so I was in a crazy space. Like, I was... I was in a real crazy space, man, like 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 emotionally and, and it didn't frighten him like it did other people. Like there were people who were coming around me that saw that I wasn't normal. You know what I mean? I just dealt with a tragic loss. So everybody was suspect to me. There was a bunch of guys who wasn't saying nothing about shit. That, so I didn't know who to trust. I didn't know who to who to be around. And Pete would show up, man, with beats. Come on, bump, let's get this off, man. And he would just he would sit in front of the board in my crib and he would he would put on the music. And he would, you know, he would say, we need to do this one. And I'd already had the lyrics done. So we were doing some serious work, man. Then we would go eat, sit at the diner. I'm sitting at the diner with, with you know, two guns on me at the table. Like, not giving a fuck who's seen it. I just was in a crazy space, you know? Yeah. And Pete was like, he was just my boy. He was there, man. And he, you know, unlike a lot of guys that I thought were going to be around for me in a sense that I didn't need anybody for anything. It's just a certain type of moral support. Pete pulled industry shakedown and all those great songs out of me he pulled them out of me and made me you know even though i was i had recorded a lot of that stuff prior the way he worked with me was like it was it was amazing so so as a producer when you hear when you know a guy is a real producer like a premiere like a diamond d or showbiz or any of the ditc producers or you know guys like that like a, a swiss swiss beats or or, or or even a guy like uh uh, just blaze and those guys those guys are very 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 poignant alchemists and guys like that they're very they're very well detailed producers and that means even with even with 
lyricist, like a guy that's a lyricist. Like once you, you know, you could wake up one morning, bro, and put your voice on somebody's record, and you fucking guys are business partners at this point. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. So, so, so there's certain things that have to be done a certain way when it comes to having recording etiquette. I call it, you know, um, throwing people on records that, that you don't know about, or or or. You know, stuff like that Or just changing verses without showing, letting people know you did It's just a certain way you, you carry artists Producers, the same way, man If somebody gives me a beat I want to make sure that before that beat is When I did Pop Duke with Knots That was probably one of my best experiences Working with a producer of that caliber You know, he's very like very, Knots is like amazing, man he's, he's, he's one of them guys that You know, he just knows what to, what to give you and then you have to just know how to handle it. So we traded back and forth because I like to mix my own vocals. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I absolutely know what you mean. Yeah. So he, he, you know, working with him was incredible because, you know, and not not to get off the Pete Rock thing, but just in general, certain producers have a certain style for their sound. And as an MC, I have that same passion for my sound. Yeah. You know, guys, I don't think think about hip hop like that no more. They just want to be looked at as bigger than the average person because they rap you know what I mean motherfucker get pulled over by, by the police in, in a hundred and seventy five thousand dollar car he gonna tell him he's a rapper before he say oh, I'm a dentist or I'm a I'm a doctor I, I do orthoscopic surgery or whatever yeah. <laughs> you, know what you know what I mean or I'm a so, US president <laughs> yeah you know what I mean so, so they want to they want to it's like we want to we want to people want to be us yeah. People want to be us, you know what I mean? They want to be. I seen I see basketball players that act like they want to be rappers. I see, you know, I see uh, uh, R and B singers that don't sing certain songs that they use. Like 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 when I came up, bro, singers were singing like singers. Now they sing like rappers. Yeah, yep. You know, and I'm not saying anything crazy because I, you know, real talent stands out. You know that. So all that to say this. When, when you listen to these songs now Where people just slap these records together In their, their rooms and they brag about Doing it in an hour I made this album in, in two days It sounds like it bro It really sounds like it And, and you can you can hear it You know another thing too um, All I was going to say about Pete Rock Is um, a lot of the people That have made it this long in the game Are usually solid dudes on the business side And solid dudes off the record too um, because it, ca- it carries you in life. But one, another thing Pete and I were talking about and why music sounds like this, you know, people just grab MP3s with tags on it and drop it on their album. Uh, y- you know, and that makes, a hu- that makes a huge difference sonically than, you know, what music we had back in the day. I mean, you can hear the transparency in it, even not knowing about music. Um, but but it's, it's a big, you know, immediate gratification type of uh, type of world we live in, especially with social media. Everything's right there, you know, people are previewing songs on instagram live and this and that you know we i grew up i had to wait for an album to come out yeah well you know what that don't excuse the stupidity and i mean and i'm gonna say that because i get it there's a way that there's a way to transition into a into into the mold and a fold of things without being part of the fuckery you mm-hmm. understand what i mean there's a way to transition like you know I thought I think social media is a good thing because I, I I use it the way it benefits me. But you're never going to see me on social media doing stupid shit like you know. Yeah. I don't even like you know. I'm gonna try to always be creative with it as best I can, and I like it as a marketing tool. So sometimes you'll see me put a whole song on my on my IGTV because I want to just give people something. I don't really tour as like I used to. I, not because I I can't. It's because I don't like 
what I see going on with a lot of these so-called booking agents or fake promoters who find a few dollars and they want to flip their money. So they bring somebody out there for way less than what they're worth. And they try to convince you that because you don't have an album out right now, we got to change your prices. And I'm like, who the fuck are you talking to, dog? Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I got a, I got years of classics. I don't even need to drop an album to go on the road. And it's crazy. I hear I hear that a lot, though, from from yeah. uh, from, you know, people I interview and people I work with in the studios about the same thing. They have these catalogs and these promoters are like, well, you know, you, you don't. And, and the thing is, is, the promoters aren't even promoting an album anyway. So what's the this difference? Is my point. People, people don't come to, to hear your new album. They come to hear the classic shit. And and then if you do your new album in the process, you're giving them a treat. So a lot of these dudes, are, they, 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 they're bringing brain fuck and pocket fuck into being able for people to marry their, their those no, no content, no validity having ass brands to guys who've worked their ass off for years to, to build their own brand They're marrying themselves to these brands Because they continue to do shit like that And guys who fall for that shit You know You, you helping to destroy the game There's no there's no real quality in, in, in the thinking process now About how people handle hip hop no more That's like a rarity When you find somebody who really concerned about quality As far as not just what it sounds like But what it is like who's on the songs together who's making you know all these dudes figured out how to make a, a premiere beat pattern now they think they're producers and shit you know but it still ain't primo the shit still ain't primo it still ain't pete if still ain't pete rock it still ain't showbiz it still ain't yeah it's not even close you know what i'm saying it ain't even close to diamond d or 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 any of these legendary guys. They ain't even close to Molly Mall. It ain't none of that. It's, it's just it's just guys who figured it out. Yeah. And now they think not, but they forget that you can't just stick a beat. I hate when somebody send me a beat and say, yo, man, look, I got something that sounds like uh, Easy Mo B to you. From, maybe it'll sound like more. Yeah, so, well, if I want some Easy Mo B shit, dog, I just need to go on my computer and get it from what folders I got. Or I could even hit them up and say, yo, Mo, send me some shit. Like, Fuck! I need you to make me something that sound like Pete for a sound like anything. You know yeah, for sure. The uniqueness and, and the character of a producer, I think, has been lost in translation through, through time a little bit. For sure. Yeah, man, real rap. You know what I mean? These dudes figured out if you know we, when you, when dudes was plug and play producers before all of this, 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 this. You know, when you know all of this other shit, using board, we dudes was plug and play, man. It was like plug out of the turntable into the MPC sixty. Boom, boom, and I mean those times are different now, and I and I'm totally respectful of change because I I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a guy who knows how to update. Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. Certain things have to be, you know, like I said, that transition has to be monitored into a smooth transition. I'm not going to just, you know, I want to study what I'm doing, and I always wanted to be a technical guy with with this because I was learning 30 years ago yeah. what I was going to need to know in 30 years to still keep doing music. So it's more about that to me than. Than, than, than fame or any of that shit You know what I mean Just being quality Having quality And being selective In what you put your voice on And who you allow To use you on their resume That's very important to me Quality over quantity Although you had both I have to say Thank you I appreciate that yeah. So what's uh, Speaking of transitions What's new with you uh, Here in 2019 Headed into 2020 Man I um, You know what I'm, I'm working on I'm multitasking right now I I, uh, I finished Primo Primo and I put out collection 
and and uh, we want to re-release it with new records. We've been talking about doing that. Um, I have a project with Trick Trick called OGP, which is a, which is like a it's like a seven song I believe a seven song EP that we're going to shoot a movie around it. Nice, like almost like a hip hop musical, but it's a movie and it's about it's about two guys who are private investigators who are investigating another two guys that are street guys and it's me and him are both characters like we're the investigators and we just we're like we're investigating ourselves in different acting positions or whatever the case trick trick is very very um i like working with him because he's very creative and as an artist he's he's a, he's a full-blown like kind of reminds me of myself with knowing how to do what he needs to do to get the project done quality with quality. So yeah. I like that. And I also have um I'm working on a project with Maceo from De La Soul. He, he and I are doing something together. Um this guy's been sending me some of the most incredible music that I've heard in a long time. So I just it automatically inspired me to go in and write. So I I've kind of been locked in writing these songs you know where he and i it's, it's but it's a project so i haven't come up with a title for it yet but i know it's gonna be fire um i got pop duke volume two pretty much finished all i gotta do now is sit down with knots and pick the records that we want to use because i'm like 86 records or 87 records in i'm doing 100 songs with knots but he gave me a, over 100 beats i got 10 10 10 10 you know what i mean all, all you know I've, i got 10 albums i mean uh 10 songs on 10 albums excellent i mean what is what's the process has your process writing going into it i mean regardless of producer obviously has it changed for you throughout time um you know what i think i think it's i'm a little slower when i with with, with the approach now where it kind of i let it and when i say slower i don't mean that in in a bad way i mean i used to jump right on songs and just pin it out real fast but now i think a little bit more about what i want to say you're more technical yeah i'm a lot more technical and and i think um i I, i've always been a guy who kind of lets the beat speaks speak to me like if there's guys who make beats and and the patterns are cool but this but the track don't speak to me because i don't i don't feel its authenticity so and i mean i'm not overthinking this shit i'm really like that like pe- people have sent me beats and said yo you turned that shit down and i was like yeah i just couldn't i couldn't connect to it but I, I even if i try i don't like to give up on beats but there's guys who just send me shit that just i wouldn't i wouldn't even pick it to rap on so yeah i really want to listen more so my process changed in that respect where i listen a lot more and and i try to I speak the conversation for my age group. Like I'm not, you ain't gonna hear me jumping around on the records talking about selling no cracks, which I never really did anyway, but you ain't gonna hear me talk about doing certain things that ain't in a conversation amongst my peer group. Cause I wanna try to show cats that you could be, I'm 52. I, you know, and, and you could be a, you don't have to let people brain fuck you into thinking that rap is a young man's game. That's not real. Rap is a nice MC's game or a dope DJ's game or that's what hip hop is. Hip hop belongs to the people that know how to do it. So you can't just you can't just tell me that hip hop is for young people just because and they, and they don't really know how to do it. They may they can have their you know hip hop is for people that know how to do it. So if you're helping to create a new lane like 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 a new lane in music and you're doing it under the hip hop umbrella, that's that's very welcome. There's this new shit out now called. Uh, uh, 
I forget what the fuck this shit is called, man. Glit, glit music, glit, like this glit music or whatever these guys are doing. I'm not mad at that shit because young guys are creating that lane. You know what I mean? That's a absolutely. great thing, man. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like to hear, I don't like to hear stuff like that. So when I work on projects and I and I and I, I get these, if you look at all the projects I do, they're all con- conceptual. They're not, and each producer that I work with. Years ago, I started back with the one producer doing a whole project thing. When everybody was, when everybody was trying to reach around and grab all the names. But after I put Primo, Pete Rock, Alchemist, Diamond D, Clark Kent, and all these dudes on one album. You know what I mean? After well, well, Clark was on connect connection, but after I put all these guys on one project, all of a sudden that was the thing. Now to have I had the dream team on on industry shakedown. Yeah, dream team, absolutely. And, <laughs> I you know mean, but what people don't know is the original industry shakedown album was all done by Pete Rock. So there's a there's a you know, the album that he the album that I gave Landspeed. I gave him that album because I I gave him the, the I had an album with Premier, an album with Pete, and I had about five or six songs from Alchemist that I had from when we were on the we were on tour together, and he gave me a cassette, and I and I transferred the cassette to the to the ADAS, and I did verses. So I had albums with all these separate producers, except for Diamond D, who I went to because I was me and DITC is family, all of them. Yeah, I fucked with all of them, and um. I asked Diamond to get on it and he came and did that bumpy bring it home joint and Billy Dance happened to be in the in D&D that day and I asked him I said D I, I said yo Billy I need a hook man so him and Fox Boogie from MOP came into the room where I was working and they did the bumpy bring it home hook for me That's amazing. Now speaking of projects how did how did it feel to you know hear hear Gangstar again? Uh, with this new project and and I, I know personally you know you're involved in it and and always have been but just to be able to look and be like man there's there's a new game star album how, how did that feel to you especially in 2019 uh i mean it was it was definitely it, the process well let's, let's go back a little bit you know i mean I'm always gonna be a Gangstar fan because that's my family, and I, and and, I, and I'm a fan. I was always a fan of the sound from the first day I met Premier and Guru. You know, I was I was a fan when I seen their first work all the way through to touring with them and all of that. But you know, the process of making this project must have really drained Premier, man. He, I mean, I got to give him his credit, man, because you know, emotionally one way, but you know, being able to you know select certain guys and reach out to certain people for certain things you know when he sent me the militia track it took me about a good two to three weeks you know to really get my get myself prepared to jump on it you well, know you, what I mean? you touched on it i mean it's for for preem and, and you i mean emotionally it, this isn't an easy you know this isn't an easy record to do nah Nah, not at all. That's what I mean when I say like I can only imagine what Premier was going through. Because when I got the email and I heard the malicious song, with I heard the beat before Guru's voice was on it and before Shug's voice was on it, and I said, okay, this is. He said this is going to be the song bump, and he sent it to me, and I listened to it. I said, okay, cool. And I was going to try to lay my verse before they put theirs down but then Premier told me don't don't do it yet bump just just fire to it I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get because the way we did the original militia when I got to the studio 
Goon verse was on it already, and so was Shugs. So to me, in 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 in, in respects for the art form, I know why Premier does that because he knows that I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it as okay, I got to bring this home. I hear what he's saying. I hear what he's saying. Now I have to bring this home. And then that's how you get the best out of a person. Most of these clown ass motherfuckers, they want to get on. They want to send you the beat and try to outwrap you once you put on your verse and all that. But what they're not understanding is when the verse comes from a different place, a place that they've never been and probably never will reach. You can't compare your rhymes to that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what, I don't care what you say, how you say it. You can have the most shocking shit in the world and that's the nowadays what people try to do but they, they you don't get the same result when you when you really work on a project and you're you're saying okay i'm gonna go first i'm gonna put myself in the first position so that the person coming after me can listen to what i'm saying connect to that shit and bring this shit home and together we got a great record hence a and conceptual that's why conceptual song and album that's why premieres records with me come out the right way in my eyes because he he works with me as that artist like he said okay here goes this is militia four it's called take flight so i got a chance to hear what guru was doing which 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 was emotional you know when you think about it overall and then i got a chance to hear what hear what suge was doing and i was able to find a flow that i thought fit that record to bring it home you know what i mean yeah yeah and that's what I that's how I got with it. And and when I sent it back to Premier, he was like, the first thing he said was, Yo, did you say Barshawn Lynch? And I, was, I said, Yeah. <laughs> because he said, God, he said, Wow, but who the fuck thinks like that? And I just thought it was a good compliment. So, you know, I wanted, you know, I wanted I want I, I was it was a definitely it was definitely a, um an emotional project to be. And we we were on the phone back and forth. You know, talking about stories with Guru at the time and, 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 and the stuff that he was, we would bring up, man, laughing about old tour stories. And, and I think a lot of that was helping Premier to design what he needed to design. And I was reminding him of stuff we did. He was reminding me of stuff we did. So I was glad to be a real part of the process, you know? Yeah. And it turned out, you know, after, I mean, a breath of fresh air for hip hop, you know. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, and I miss. I kind of miss leaders. Uh, you know, I was I was born in 1980, so yeah. you know, I'm a teenager when you're most influenced by music. You know, when a lot of this stuff is coming out, mm-hmm. but I listen to a lot of leaders. You know, I, I you know, and I listen to a lot of people that may have been in a bad situation, but could kind of help you. You know, guide you through the best of it. And, and, and I, I don't really, you know, we don't, we don't really see that anymore, but I hate, I hate comparing because it it is different. It's a different time. Things have changed. We got to try to take advantage of what we do best. Like you said, we can't flip the script on people. We got to do what we do best and stick with that. Cause one of the things as, as you can attest to with hip hop or just music in general is consistency. So, you know, that's definitely, and, and being consistent is one of the best qualities you can have i mean but music is different than just recording like you said i mean it is a double-edged sword you gotta admit i mean some people can just throw projects together and then some people you know can can actually go in the studio and do it but it is nice to have the technology as it is like you said you and preem are going back and forth but at the same time he was able to send the email hey let's do this let's do that so it is kind of a double-edged sword yeah yeah i mean you know the good thing the good thing about it is when you love what you do, 
you're going to take care of it a certain type of way. You know what I mean? And I look at that as, you know, the one thing I was able to always do in hip hop was make it at my bottom with my own rules. And I do what I do. I, I don't drop records just because some everybody got an album out. I don't like yeah. that. I wait until I feel I feel a vibe, a certain vibe that I'm trying to, you know, reach. And then I do it. And, and, and it has to be right. I don't want to ever do it. Where people say, "Well, that don't sound that don't sound like Fox," you know. Sometimes people are there's there's a circle of guys in this game that kind of got they 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 look out for each other. And some of these guys are in these major labels and they keep the money in their own circle, and they always the one same dudes at the party all the time hanging together. Those guys are more of a detriment to the game, you know, than than an asset because they have the, in the they're in the position to platform hip hop a certain way, but they're so busy trying to hog up all of the, the, the benefits that they're not looking at the, the quality of what's being made. So I've always tried to just stick to what I do, man, and do that with, with pride. And, and and hopefully, you know, and I, I don't think I do bad with people as far as having a, having a fan base. You know, I, I, the people who rock with me, they rock with me, and I'm grateful for that, man. And I, I mean, I, I love the people that rock with me, and, that's, and I stick with that. Nothing else matters to me, man, so... Being part of that Gangstar album was just another chip on my on my great thing thing of great you know great list of great things that I that I've done. You know, I love that. Yep, and and I have to say, I mean, regardless what life hands out, you know, you seem to always put yourself in a good position, especially in hip hop. So we really appreciate you, you know, joining us and 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 blessing us with this game. Is there anything I left out for the fans um, that you wanted to say? I mean, listen, man. I'm I'm out there, man. I'm on Instagram at, at Bumpy Knuckles seventy seven, and I'm on Twitter at, at Bumpy Knuckles. And and you know, I just I just like to be able to you know tell everybody that if you if you into the culture and you and you working with the culture, you rocking with the culture, just keep doing what you're doing, man. Support support your favorite artists, man, because it's important to not to not you know to be to be there and don't just look at the albums, buy them, man. Don't steal them, buy them, man, because. Yeah. Hip hop is being hip hop is being targeted from inside out now. It's not an outside in thing anymore. Once people feel, realize that they can throw on some some Gore-Tex boots or Timberlands and a bubble coat and, and throw their hat backwards and put a chain on, <laughs> boy, the, the war got much more strategic after that. Don't sleep. All right. Hey, thank you so much for having me, man. I'm. It's all good. We uh, we really salute time, you, bro. though. We we really salute you for coming in and, and spending the time with us. Um, definitely, you have a home here. We're located in Hollywood, California. Um, I'll I'll definitely be in touch with you at, at you know as far as that. But anything you need from us, just don't hesitate to reach out. Um, man, we're here for the culture you, as well, you know. So we definitely uh, definitely appreciate it. We live on much. the air with Bumpy Knuckles. Go check him out. He been in the game longer than you've been alive, <laughs> most of you. And, I, and I'm still better than you. <laughs> and, and, and he's still better than 99.9 percent of you. And the, and that other 0.1 percent is working with him. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want I want to know it though. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. you again, man. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Bumpy Knuckles right. in the house. What's the word podcast? Peace, we'll talk to you next week. Take it easy. Peace, 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 peace.